This is Bry Radio. Good evening and a huge welcome to all you Bry listeners, Bry Radio listeners. From me, your presenter, Dr. Pullen, to Sports Talk, your bi-weekly update on all the best of Bry and world sport. And this show, after a two-week hiatus, is set to be an absolute blockbuster. It being summer and the presenter being a cricket nut like myself, we're going to be talking a lot about England's national game, with a real focus on Bryanston women's cricket, featuring an interview with superstars Edie A and Livy D. In our cricket section, we shall also be previewing some big cup games for the junior boys teams, the under-14 and 15s A's, against huge local rivals Camford and Claysmore, respectively, that are happening tomorrow. And to round off our Bry Sports section, we'll be talking tennis with Mr. Boot before broadening our focus to discuss the best of world sport from the last fortnight. More cricket here as we'll be previewing the England v New Zealand Test Series that kicks off next week before reviewing the frills and spills of a blockbuster final day of the Premier League. So whether you're putting in some last-minute revision for your GCSE Spanish tomorrow, loading up on some much-needed sugar from the cafe, or just chilling with your mates on the tennis courts, we'd love you, our dear listeners, to get involved by texting us on 666777, starting your message with Bri, or calling us on 0333552555, or indeed emailing us at hello at Bri Radio. We would love to hear your opinions uh, on anything uh, uh, we have to say this evening. But that's enough from me. Let me introduce you to my first studio team who are uh, going to be uh, talking cricket in our Bri Radio section. I have on my right uh, absolute stalwart of the show, uh, Mr. Hugh F. How are you feeling, Hugh, uh, about coming back on air after a little break, it has to be said? Yeah, I'm, I'm quite excited to be back, to be honest. Are you looking forward to talking about our big game tomorrow? That's the under-15As against Camford. Yeah, that, that game should be, that, that's going to be a great game for all of us um, involved. Fantastic. And, and those listeners of you will be reassured to hear that I also have uh, my rock uh, to my left. Uh, my producer, Mr. Sharon, after the last issue's slight technical mishaps. Mr. Sharon, are you happy to be back uh, uh, fiddling around with the, with the decks and, uh, and keeping me company? Yes, happy to be back. Sounds like I deserve a raise after last time out. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, well, let's get straight on with our um, weekly fe- feature, which is, of course, Match of the Week. And this week, it couldn't have really been anything else other than a magnificent performance uh, by the girls' first eleven uh, to come back after, at the start of the season, a five-wicket defeat uh, to absolutely thrash Sherborne girls uh, last Saturday. Um, a, a really memorable uh, six-wicket win. And uh, to get the intel on that game, I spoke to two of their star players, uh, Livy D and EDA, earlier today. Let's hear what they had to say about their big game and uh, Bryanston women's cricket in general. So I have been very kindly joined in Lulworth by uh, two of Bryanston's uh, star women's cricketers, uh, EDE and uh, Livy uh, D, uh, and we're going to reflect basically on their kind of uh, cricketing backstory and uh, the, you know, the rise and fortune of the girls' first eleven this season. Uh, so, girls, thank you very much for joining me. Is this the first time you've been on Bry Radio before? Um, yeah, this yeah, is my first time as well. Yeah. Okay, so so good luck, and don't worry too much about it. You know, it's a it's it's, it's a learning experience how to talk on radio. So, 
what I want to begin with, first of all, girls, is just I was just wondering whether each of you could just give me a bit of uh, intel in terms of um, what got you into cricket and what you like about the game, basically. So, Edie, if you first could just say. Um, well, I have two older brothers, so I played with them since I was quite young. And then I also played at prep school. So, yeah. Um, and Livy? So, I also have an older brother and my dad's really into cricket. So just having to face my brother bowling at me when I was very young or doing like some throw downs for him and then played at prep school and kind of continued to play until now. Okay, and at prep school, would you, were you playing with boys or, was, or did you have a girls team at your um, schools? No, it wasn't as like mixed yeah. and less girls did play. So that I was playing boys teams. And, um, yeah. and you, Edie? Yeah, same for me. There was only maybe two or three of us who played, so it was boys teams as well. Yeah, and at that age, did you find that quite a helpful sort of learning development in that you had to p probably push yourself quite hard to keep up with your brothers? And... Yeah, I yeah, think definitely. it was good. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Well, well, now that they're um, at a more senior stage in their, their cricket development at Bryanston, we're very lucky to have uh, basically two um, senior girls teams. Um, and basically, correct me if I'm wrong, girls, but... Essentially, we've got this first team, which is across the board, the best female cricketers in the school. Am I right with that? So you've yeah, got everything uh -huh. from sick form to D yeah. in one team. And do you think that works well? Yeah, I think it does work quite well. Um, obviously, it's like a different group of people, so you, but you do like connect with them, and it's quite nice. Yeah, you, do, you get to know people better, and it's good to, you know, everyone across the school, not just one-year group. Well, it's the same in the boys' team. So currently in the boys' first 11, there are, I believe, there's a, there's a D uh, and there are several Cs and several Bs in the team. So it's exactly the same as in the boys. I mean, really with cricket, it's a skills-based game rather than uh, a physique-based game. So there's uh, plenty of room for different age groups. So, um, girls, looking at the results, your team has been on quite a journey by the looks of things. It, it looked as if at the start of the season there were some quite tough results. Uh, but uh, more recently, two fantastic wins um, against, I believe, Kez and Sherborne. Am I yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah fantastic. Um, so, girls, if you wouldn't mind giving us a little bit of insight into your fantastic win against Sherborne on the weekend, what happened in the game? So, we started, we won the toss, we started off building, and Sherborne batted well, and at the end of 20 overs, I think they scored 90. Yeah, we, I think we got them out. For 90 yeah. um and then we batted it was quite a slow start um with the run rate not very high but then there were some strong um partnerships that developed within like the middle of the order um which then up the run total and we managed to score their total well i think you're being very modest i mean i, I think it was both you both of you two wasn't it who Form the bulk of the batting in reply am i right uh, we did we batted together for a couple we were for five six overs nice. yeah um but there were other like performances from lily and beth i think who, sophie sophie, about, yeah. sophie yeah. nice um, just helping each other mm. good. so girls from your kind of more experienced perspective who would you say are the kind of talented cricketers that we should be watching out for um, in the school coming up through the years? I think 
Beth in D. Um, as well as Amelia, who's also in D. Really and, good bowler. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then Peggy um, can bowl very well. Nice. Um, so. So, so that's great to hear that there's some there's C's and D's uh, to keep an eye on. So, what would you say um, is the potential that this team can reach going forward? Because obviously, you two are both in B now, uh, going into sick form. How how high can this team go? Yeah, we have we don't have any A twos in the team, so we're going to have the same team next year. So, should just continue to get better. Yeah, yeah. and I think more people. As it's growing, we'll probably join. And I feel like there are quite a few people also in the softball team that are <laughs> becoming more confident with their cricket and may want to try out hardball. Um, huh. So, yeah. Fantastic. And and it, what would you girls say to um, other, say, girls who, who've maybe seen a bit of cricket or heard about it in terms of getting them involved in the sport? What would you say um, should appeal to people about I the sport? I think, like, give it a go. Yeah. Um, like it's quite a social sport. Yeah. Um, and like, just don't be afraid to give it a try. Yeah, I completely agree. I think just the more people who give it a go, yeah, the better it will. Girls cricket will become. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, uh, Livy and Edie, uh, for joining us here. Uh, our, this is the Bry Radio team. Uh, I'm sure we wish you all the best of luck with the rest of your season and for girls cricket at Bryanston moving forward. And best of luck with your exams as well. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Indeed, we do wish them the best of luck with uh, the rest of the season. So that was EDA uh, and Livy D. And I can personally vouch um, for their uh, commitment and skills um, on a cricket pitch. I coached them last year um, where in which we didn't really have as strong a girls team. We had a developing one, but last year uh, they featured a lot actually in the under 15 A's uh, boys team and, you know, against some tough op- opposition um, uh, really, really um, acquitted themselves. Uh, well, uh, Edie uh, is a sort of in-swing bowler and quite hard-hitting batsman. Uh, and Livy is an outswing bowler uh, who's very um, technically correct. So really good to hear them speak with uh, such passion and clarity about girls cricket at Bryanston. Uh, Hugh and I have just been joined in the studio by a man who's making his uh, Bry Radio debut, I believe. Uh, Mr. Carter, welcome to the Airwaves. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Pullen. It's a pleasure to finally be with you in the studio. So Mr. Carter, for those of you who don't know, is the sort of alongside uh, Mr. Calver, the kind of uh, part of the coaching team of the under-14A cricket. So we're going to be talking a little bit about that at some point. But I'm just going to turn to Hugh quickly. Um, Hugh, as someone who has uh, a sort of key figure in junior cricket at Bryanston, uh, what have you made of uh, of girls cricket um, since you've been here? Well, it's been really good to see how much it's developed. So over the winter, as we've heard on previous episodes, Mr. Scott and Mr. Morris have been running a week bi-weekly training sessions um, and there's been lots of girls who've been coming down it's it's great for them to finally have a team and I know that Mr Fermadumman's got big aims for a summer or two Absolutely, so the the coaching staff of that girls first 11 I think currently they've got they've got quite a wide array, they've got uh, Mr Morris occasionally, they've got uh, Mr Fermadumman occasionally, they've got Mr Vincent and Mr Drake um, uh, and then uh, Miss Evans and uh, uh, Miss Pick, so a wide array of uh, of cricket and coaching uh, uh, ability um, there. Yeah, so let's just think about a few of the names they mentioned. Beth L, is she someone you've come across much, you, in your time as a cricketer here? 
Yeah, so dur- during those net sessions last winter, uh, I I was in, in the nets with her quite a lot, sometimes even bowling at her with my extremely limited capabilities. And <laughs> she can put that stuff away very easily. Oh, yeah, no, she hits the ball hard. Um, so she is a, a sort of uh, uh, Dorset uh, under 14, so uh, certainly uh, one to watch. Another name they mentioned were, was Amelia B, uh, who I think is a talented uh, uh, bowler in that team. Um, so really good to see uh, the development of girls cricket at Bryanston um, uh, and very exciting to see where this this sort of mixed age group first 11 can go. I mean, if you look at the results, it's only heading in one direction at the moment. Uh, they've, you know, after after two losses, they've now had two two uh, stonking wins. Um, so heading in the right direction right from girls cricket we're going to move uh to a junior boys cricket and we've also now been joined by another junior boys coach who's just popped in we'll give him a more formal introduction at some point we'll keep you guessing about who he might be because he he's got quite he's, he's quite a big figure in bry radio uh <laughs> and the common room in general but let's talk first about these two cup games we got tomorrow so let's start given that we're joined by mr carter uh, with the four teens. Uh, uh, so, Mr. Carter, talk to me about your selection decisions, uh, your hopes for your team tomorrow. I believe you've got Claysmore, have you? Yeah, so we're playing Claysmore in the first round um, in our defence of the Dorset County Championship tomorrow. We've played them once this year. They are a good challenge. They will put up a good fight tomorrow. Um, but I think we're confident with our selection that we can go and get the job done. Talking of selection, we're very lucky to have Leo with us tomorrow. So hopefully he can add a few runs at the top of the order and maybe chip in with a couple of wickets. We've also, in the last week or so, discovered Mateo um, as another added weapon with the ball. I mean, he can turn it both ways. He he's, he doesn't really know which, which way it's going to turn, but it goes both ways. And if he doesn't know, the batsman's definitely not going to know. Um, so he's dangerous. I'm looking forward to unleashing him tomorrow. Um, so with Leo, with Mateo, we've got Will as well, who can offer a few leggies. So it's going to be the day of the spinners. I mean, let's let's hope the pitch turns. So just thinking off the top of my head, you've got, what, a three-pronged wrist spin bowling attack with uh, Leo C, uh, Will K, and, uh, and also... Uh, Matteo, all of them offering something a little bit different. You know, Leo's well-grooved uh, county standard left-arm Chinaman, uh, Will Case, sort of quite uh, speedy uh, 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 leg spin, and then the mystery spin of Matteo P. I've got a little anecdote to say about him, actually, the latter, uh, who I hadn't really seen bowl before, and I saw him bowl in the nets the other day. And he came up to me, and it, and it, and it evoked an anecdote that I once thought heard about the South African mystery spinner, Paul Adams, who was the bloke who bowled like off the wrong foot and with his head like that. And he used to describe what he bowled as in spin and out spin. Mm, mm-hmm. And this is what Mateo said to me. He's yeah. like, I bowl in spin and out spin yeah. rather than leg spin and googlies. Yeah. Uh, so he, he himself doesn't really have much of an idea of yeah. what's coming out, which can only be dangerous to the batsman. I mean, Hugh, you, you kept wickets some of this stuff the other day in the nets. What did you make of these this trio of young uh, wrist spinners that the under-14s have? Yeah, so if we start with Mateo, well, his his googly is spinning more than his leggy. Leo, Leo C, the, fir- the first team batsman, he got done down, running down the pitch by a googly and it spun and bounced well over my head behind the stumps. What Will, Will's been... Bo- 
was bowling very quickly. Rashid Khan-esque. Yeah. Get lot, lots of chances coming through, which is great to see. And then Leo is exceptional as always. Yeah, so actually that's quite an exciting prospect. And I, th- I, th- I think what, what's great about just picking up on Mateo's Google is he... He actually doesn't realise what he's got there, and he'll happily just bowl six googlies as a stock deliveries. Um, so I think once he gets a bit more cricket nous there, he's going to be dangerous, really yeah. dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's that's the, the bowling, quite a spin heavy attack. Although you do also have, I believe, um, Alfie D W and uh, uh, and. Um, uh, who's your left arm seamer? Remind me, George Burt. George, uh, George B. B. G- George B. So yeah, so you got it. You got a useful bowling attack. Yeah, I, th- I think I think we'll stick Alfie behind the stumps tomorrow. Okay. He's handy with the gloves. Yeah. Um, George, very very good left arm bowler. He's fighting a bit of a stomach bug right now, sadly. Oh. Um, so fingers crossed he's with us tomorrow. Um, if 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 he's listening, George, it would be quite good to know if you're going to play tomorrow. Um, but if he if he's there, we we're, we're dangerous with the ball. Yeah, well, that's great to hear, um, uh, uh, Mr. Carter. And what about the batting? Who are we to look out for with the batting? I mean, a name that's been mentioned many times on on air uh, in various contexts, Leo C. Um, presumably someone to watch out for tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. Playing his own age group. I mean, a bit of an unknown quantity under 14 level. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of um, sort, of, sort of similar story that they say with someone like Messi. Like, he's, he's, he's great playing for Barcelona, but can he cut it on a... Uh, on a rainy Thursday night, you know, down Scunthorpe. We'll, we'll see with Leo, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm comfortable he can. Um, so we've got Leo at the top of the order with Alfie as well. Alfie's a very strong, mature batsman. Um, and we, we, we bat deep. Um, George, again, can offer a few runs. Will can offer a few runs. Willoughby can offer a few runs. So I think we're looking good tomorrow. Well, that is a, a very um, optimistic and exciting uh, perspective on on your hopes tomorrow. So it's Claysmore. Hopefully, you'd have enough to get past them. Have you played them yet this season? Yeah, we've we've, we've played them once this season. They're a good outfit. They've got a um a very aggressive batsman. I think he'll come in number three. Yeah, the brother of a of a Bryanston pupil. Yeah. Um, and he's he's going to be the wicket if we can if we can get that early. We're looking good. Um, but if he hangs around, I think I think things could get a little nervy. So, so you'd think on two on on each side there's a big wicket basically for them, Leo, and for for us, um, the man whom you just mentioned. Uh, let's have a little. So that's the under 14s. You'd think that they would be favourites to beat uh, Claysmore. On the other hand, uh, it pains me to say this as their coach, the under 15s have quite a tough prospect tomorrow. We've got Camford in the cup game. Um, I've actually got the captain of the under 15s on my right here. Uh, uh, so we can talk to him um, about our hopes for that game. Hugh, um, what do we need to do tomorrow to get past quite a tough Camford team? I think we just got to score a lot more runs. We've passed 100, 100 once this season, I reckon, in the first match. But hopefully that should be more of a prospect instead of getting bowled out. We've got Jack and Ed returning from the first team. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got Chris, who can come in and hit them down the order. Kingsley's looking in good form. So... Yeah, I mean, our bowl, our bowling should be as good as usual, which should be enough to maintain them to a chaseable score. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So some big hitters coming down again, like with the under-14s, down from the first 11 to bolster the ranks. Names that you mentioned there, um, Jack O, who has been in pretty good form this season, and Ed W, who, who you know, is a very useful bowler at under-15 level. You, you yourself have come into a bit of batting form, which has been good to see. I don't want to embarrass you on air, but... How have you been feeling out there recently? 
Yeah, it's it's not been great to not get not get the results on the board, but to to be scoring some runs has been all right. But I think we need I need to be scoring more runs. Everyone else needs to be scoring more runs. Maybe is it a question of being a bit quicker, taking more risks, or just being more solid in defence and then punishing the bad balls better? Yeah, well, you know, it is a difficult challenge. If, if we're kind of playing a diet of 2020, it is harder for more kind of long format players like yourself to find that right tempo. But I think you've done it pretty well. Um, I guess it would be nice equally for you then to have people like Jack and Ed at the other end who are, you know, probably more aggressive batsmen um, who have a bit more, bit more oomph maybe to take the ball over the top. Is that a prospect that appeals to you? Oh, well, yeah, they could... They each of them on their own could score thirty or forty off five or six overs at the wicket, which is r- extremely good at this level and is a great way just to shift the momentum. That will give confidence to batsmen at the other end, be it me or someone like Fergus, who is also more of a mm. he's less of a hard hitter, but he's got a very good technique. Yeah, I think you're talking me round into feeling a bit confident. If you look down the team sheet for this week, you know we've got we've now got Kingsley coming in at uh, at, at six. Eli um, at seven, which does mean that we do have a decent top seven. Uh, the team sheet is now out on socks for all those who haven't seen it. Uh, some big selection calls, but hopefully everyone's happy. Um, and, you know, it's a huge game against Camford. I think whenever you show up and play Camford, you know, the big local rivals, you've got to remember it's a one ball game, uh, cricket. You get their good batsmen out, you're, you're, you're in the game. And that's the main thing to remember. So it's not about prior form. They might have had a better start to the season. It's just a, it's just one game, one game in a cup. Let's see if we can knock them out and get round, get through uh, to the next round and try and relive some of that glory that you guys experienced last season. Um, just remind me, just remind our listeners, Hugh, what happened. Yes, yeah, so Mr. Carter can weigh in if he wants, really wants to. <laughs> through three buys, inclu- which included one or two cover cases in the other teams, we somehow managed to squeeze our way into the final without playing a match. We'd have been there anyway, Hugh. Oh yeah, Don't obviously, worry. and. Then, despite having been, prop, was it walloped? It was at least beaten by Sherburn earlier on in the well, season. Well, convincingly, yeah. Yeah, we. It was a longer format match, and we, despite the odds looking against us, we managed to squeak ourselves to needing two off the final ball with our number eleven facing, who's faced about four balls all season, and he managed to nick it. Over short third man for four to win to win the county final. It was it was mayhem. I mean, I, I think I think that game probably deserves deserves its own own episode. Better um, than the World Cup final. But a very strong team put 185 on the board and we chased it down. Maybe you know how on Sky Sports occasionally when it's like raining they'll play like highlights of cricket <laughs> classics or something. Bry cricket classics, the under 14 county cup final. Tune in to watch Harry B top edge. The winning runs over the keeper's head or whatever absolutely well yeah well boys it's uh great to hear such positivity about these two huge games tomorrow we wish i'm sure uh the under 14 a's and the under 15 a's all the best we've just been joined and i can now reveal to our listeners who who has stepped into the studio um it's the the master manipulator and controller himself the man who pulls the strings etc etc uh, Mr. Mills, who has just stepped in, I believe. I hope I'm not stitching him up here. I believe from uh, uh, duty, um, but I'm sure there's stuff to look out for in the Bry Radio Studio, and just you know check all the techs in order, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mr. Mills, 
welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me on air. And I've obviously listened to every minute of your terrific show, Dr. Pullen, um, in awe of your abilities and your skills. Um, we're delighted to have you. I just want to say face to face, we're delighted to have your program as part of our, our empire that's taking over Bryanston. And uh, your show has a huge number of listeners who, who are constantly asking for, for you to come on weekly. So what, do you get, what do you say for that? Is it possible? Um, unfortunately, it is not possible. I think, I think you know, uh, I don't want to give the people too much they want of what they want. Just leave the crowd wanting more. Absolutely. Okay. That's the phrase I'm looking for, yeah, I think, yeah. Mr. Mills. Can we press the applause button or the, 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 the cheer? <laughs> button oh uh, we're turning no, it into that okay. sort of that sort of show are we um so uh, doing great Mills, job you're doing great job Mr. well all our listeners it sounds like you can play sort of plug bingo uh as this man with this man uh on air and see how many times he hypes up bry radio or sports talk but it's, it's great to hear and you know this this guy has been a big instigator in allowing um the kids to have this fantastic opportunity um to talk on air but he is also um with one one of his many hats is as a key cog in the sort of Bryanston sports uh, wheel. So, Mr. Mills, talk to me about your cricket this summer. What team are you taking? Well, I've uh, I've, I've got a B team this year, and I'm really enjoying it um, because it's a very different uh, coaching uh, gig uh, to what I've been used to over the years. Uh, I've taken a lot of A sides. I've taken first teams. I've taken 15 A's uh, and 14 A's. In fact, I did about six or seven years at Bryanston as a 14 A's coach, which now Mr. Carter and Mr. Calverhold. Um, it's a very different role. It's a very different setup. Um, I'm really enjoying it. We see, uh, should we say, more more um, uh, development across the course of the season, particularly for those who are complete beginners. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's quite inspiring to see. Um, there's a huge amount of um, determination and commitment uh, to the cricket. They're enjoying their cricket, which to me, as a coach, is, is fantastic to see. Sometimes in an A side, you might not necessarily same kind of le- same kind of levels of enjoyment uh, and uh, and progression. So I would say that um, yeah, no, I'm really really enjoying it. And I'm alongside uh, Mr. Waters, uh, and uh, we're seeing some some development in the side. And we've we've been delighted to be able to feed the A team. And I heard the conversations earlier about uh, Matteo P, and uh, and how integral he seems to now be for the A team. Um, and he was our captain. So so we are you know tentatively going into our next. Field fixture without certain characters but um uh, as a whole we we do have some some real real ability there and they're really progressing nicely uh, i guess it's a, just a bit of a challenge uh with running a b team that 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 difficulty of you know structuring a bit of a team particularly in cricket where it's important to have you know six batsmen or mm. wicketkeeper five bowlers yeah. and then actually you know you show up on a match day two people are playing in the first team two people are injured and then you know you've got a number You've got sort of your former number seven opening the batting or whatever. Yeah, I think I think there's no cut matches in for the beads uh, or the seconds or or any kind of B or C team, so it takes the pressure off there and it enables coaches to ensure that uh, cricket is a very sort of individual team sport and it, it does enable the coaches to switch batting orders around mm-hmm. and you're not necessarily focusing in on the wins. You're looking for uh, full engagement of all the players in the squad and. Uh, and I think that's quite quite a nice sort of way to to run things at that level. Mm. So. We've just had a little text in from your co-coach, Mr. Waters, saying, "I hope I get a shout out in this section." <laughs> yeah, well, and I think you've, I believe you've already done that. Well, you? so I, he wasn't I, listening. I, I, I did actually mention him, so that he needs to tune in a little bit earlier. But um, no, I would like to say to all our listeners, and and I do know that I I, I do have one eye on the uh, on the listener count and the people who 
play back your your recorded shows and um i'd like to say to all our listeners um it doesn't matter what level of sport you're involved with at school i think as long as you're enjoying it and as long as you are getting as much as you can out of it and as long as you're able to progress over the course of a season develop a skill develop your technique develop your ability to work as part of a team i think um that's what's so fantastic about sport and um I, you, what you're doing with your show is you're talking about all the levels of sport. You, you definitely, I mean, I did think this was called cricket talk um, and we are what? what well, minute, no, what, we're, we're half an see, hour in. And we're I can still... see the head of tennis lurking outside the door. Should we, should we open the we, door? We, we will unleash, we will open the door in a second. <laughs> um, but no, uh, Mr. Mills, thank you very much for, for coming in and, you know, giving your, giving your words of wisdom as the Bry radio boss. And also I believe a coach of uh, Bryanston for how many years now? Um, this is my thirteenth uh, year at Bryanston. Thirteenth, unlucky year, for so some. That's more than the rest of us in here combined in terms of our our stints here. Um, any final words? Well, um, I, I just want to keep thanking you and saying how what a great job you're doing. But um, I <laughs> I think I've said that three times. What what I would um, impress on uh, all your listeners is that uh, there's a huge amount of work going on here, and I can see you're doing a lot of preparation. And I do hope that your listeners are prepared to get in touch um, and contact us through um uh, basically giving us a call potentially they could give us a call on zero triple three triple five um and they could then give you a shout out they could perhaps go onto instagram bride.radio they might even consider sending you a text um double six triple seven starting your message with bride to get a message through to you because then they can give you some opinions so and they get and then you get your uh, audience really tuning in and getting them to to, to interact with you that would be fantastic to see and hear here, here, Mr. Mills. Thank you very much for all the shout shout outs one could ever possibly want. Um, that will do for cricket for the moment. We're going to play a quick song. We're going to play a bit of Grace Kelly by Mika. Um, and when that's done, Why? we'll be talking tennis uh, with the tennis guru of Bry himself, Mr. Boot. See you in a second, people. I want to talk to you. The last time we talked, Mr. Smith, you reduced me to tears. I promise you it won't happen again. Do I attract you? Do I repulse you with my queasy smile? Am I too dirty? Am I too flirty? Do I like what you like? Yeah, I could be wholesome. I could be loathsome. Guess I'm a little bit shy. Why don't you like me? Why don't you like me without making me try? I try to be like Chris Kelly. Mm-hmm. But all the looks were too sad. Little Freddy, mm-hmm. I've got an entity
that was uh Mika. that was grace kelly by mika sorry and i'm now joined in the studio alongside mr Carter and mr mills uh with mr boot uh who as all our listeners will know is the uh head of tennis um at uh, Bryson. um so we're going to talk a little bit of tennis together team have had some strong performances most recently against Claysmore and Monkton Coombe uh not gonna lie they didn't offer much uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh but, but you know you still gotta beat who's in front of you and they did a good job um star players probably being uh the head well the captain of boys tennis uh Tom Pike Tom P sorry um uh Ivor Ivor R and then the 15As have also had some strong performances um I got to watch uh, their game, actually, because they're on the uh, neighbouring courts against Claysmore the other day. And uh, Javier and uh, Zane, as a pair, in the 15s, were very, very good, uh, al- along with Felix and Arthur. Strong performances. Yeah, I was having a look, I was having a look at Sox, actually, and it's sort of under the radar. You guys are having a pretty good season in the tennis club, am I right? Yeah, yeah. The, uh, well, uh, the boys are doing really well. Yeah. Um, I think the girls are as well, but obviously Mrs. Peck leads that up. Okay. Um, but the boys are doing, um, yeah, they're having a strong, strong start to the the term, um, and you know the the results are good. There's a lot of green on socks, but the, the performances I think are the main thing, um, and you can tell that they're trying to implement what we're doing in training sessions during the week into the matches on Saturday. Well, that that's just fantastic. And that's really a coach's dream, isn't it? If you have a team where you're, you're doing some work with them uh, and yet and then you see them actually implement it um, on a Saturday, as you said it. What about in the lower school? Are there some players to watch out for in the under-14s, for example? Under-14s, uh, yeah, we got uh, Max, Max yeah. H. Yeah. Um, he's, he's, he's looking good, looking yeah. strong. Um, but yeah, I, I would say... The under-14s are keen. Um, they're probably not our strongest year group. Yeah. They won't mind me saying that. No, no, no. Um, but, you know, we've got five years to work with those lot. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> oh, we've will. got an admission on air, people. This is actually... You have limited opportunity to hear the wise words um, of Mr. Boot, who's actually a real sporting all-rounder. He's a bit of a football legend as well as... Uh, uh, as well as tennis, and he is sadly uh, not going to be with us next year. He's going on to greener pastures, but we'll all miss him here. Um, and uh, well, well, we'll hope that he'll miss aspects of Bry Sport as well. I mean, yeah, and I'll miss Bry Radio. That's for yeah. sure. Fantastic, <laughs> great to hear, Mister Boot. Um, Mister Carter, do you do you keep an eye on uh, Brian's and tennis at all? Or are you very much embedded in in the cricket world? In yeah, the summer? no, absolutely. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big big fan of the game where we play our cricket matches down on Gettys I always get a good a good view of the tennis courts looks like there's some really high quality tennis going on there particularly um, the girls some of the girls look really strong at tennis and then of course up in Connaught as well I have that beautiful view down at the grass tennis courts as a member of staff who's been here for a number of years uh, I, I love the fact that at Bryanson there's no dress code so, so much and um, some might say that uh, on a day-to-day basis some of our students can look a little bit scruffy um, I, I'm sure that's not a, a, a bad thing to say. But what I would say is 
one of the rules that I really enjoy hearing on an annual basis is that you cannot go onto our tennis courts unless you're wearing Wimbledon white. <laughs> uh, I love that ruling. I think that's so good. Is that is, does that still stand, Mr. Boot? Um, yeah, I, I, you know, you have to give credit to Mrs. Peck there. She drives that one very, <laughs> very hard. But it's um, sacred turf, isn't it? Got some sort of stats being one of the best grass courts in the south is that yeah is that i true? mean uh, well i mean you have to pinch yourself when you're kind of standing there watching watching the boys and girls uh play on the, on the terrace courts they are absolutely fantastic i would say that actually um how they play is probably the school going to need to have a look at that in the uh, near future and maybe invest a little bit of money uh but you know i think i said a few weeks back the the grounds team do an absolutely fantastic job uh with those courts and they look Tremendous. Do you have a mixed tennis program as well as the boys and the girls? Uh, not, not a program, um, but we do look to try and play some mixed fixtures. So I know Dauncey's coming up mm-hmm. uh, in a few weeks' time after half term. We're looking to play a mixed fixture against them, which will be uh, really interesting. And how does that work? How do you make the selections? Is it is it sort of so the best like, girls, best boys? Yeah. So together? Let, I mean, let's say um, you know my first team will basically blend in with uh, Mrs. Peck's first team Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, very, very, well, that does sound like a really good, interesting format and one that I'm sure um, our listeners will will find, yeah, equally interesting. Uh, Moving on then, uh, uh, Mr. Boot. So um, you said in terms of girls tennis, so that's more Mrs. Peck's remit, is it? Correct, yeah. Yeah, okay. So so I I won't test you too much on results there. I mean, I happen to work in in Lulworth with uh, Mr. Fowler Watt on a day to day basis, and he is he's I know he's taking quite an important role in the the under fourteen uh, tennis girls tennis coaching. I um, mean, he's saying good things about that year group. They seem to be quite a talented year group of girls. I know we've had Miss Evans on here in the past sing their praises um, in terms of netball, and it sounds like they're they're doing equally well um, on the tennis court. Well, I would say, I mean, in in Corpy at the moment, we're doing tennis and. Uh... I'm taking Corpy for for the D's at the moment, and you're definitely right there. There are some really talented girls in the D year group of tennis. Um, uh, Ava, Mia, Jemima all come to mind. Uh, really, really exciting players, and hopefully can can kick on through the years yeah. and represent the first team. Yeah, well, a, a year group. I'm sure the boys won't mind me saying this, but uh, who, who's more talented sporting side might be with the girls, maybe on results basis. Although Mr. Carter might disagree in terms of their their, their cricketing uh, prowess. Right, chaps, we're going to take a quick break here. We're going to play another song. We're going to play a bit of Coldplay. And then when we get back, we're going to talk some world sports, starting off with cricket uh, before talking about an absolute blockbuster uh, final weekend of the Premier League. And if they show up, maybe get our resident F1 uh, pundits talking, uh, giving us a bit of an update on what's been going on in the world of Formula One. That's after some Coldplay.
Welcome back to uh, Bry Radio. Weirdly, uh, we just came out with the F1 theme rather than the TMS theme, which I was trying to set up to introduce our world uh, cricket section. Uh, that was a bit of a Freudian tip. World sport section. Everyone keeps accusing me of, uh, of talking too much cricket on this show, but here we go anyway. Uh, let's talk some cricket. So uh, I've, I'm joined by Hugh F., uh, uh, Mr. Carter, and Mr. Boot, and we're going to do a little preview of what should be a very exciting uh, test series uh, between uh, England and New Zealand coming up. Hugh, have you had a little look at this and had some thoughts about it? Yeah, so what I'm most happy about is that the fast bowling duo of James Anderson and Stuart Broader finally back after the brief hiatus at the West Indies. Yeah, exactly. So one of uh, McCullum's first calls, McCullum and Stokes' first calls, was to say we're going to go back to basics in a way uh, and pick our best team uh, to win the next test match, which I think most of our listeners would agree includes uh, Broad and Anderson in a test series at home in early summer. Mr. Carter, your thoughts on that one? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's great to see them back. What I would say is it is undoubtedly the, the season, the series, the year of Zach Crawley. Um, I think up at the top of the order, he's going to score bucketfuls. Um, the way he flashes outside the off stump, I think that's right in Brendan McCullum's wheelhouse. I think he's going to love that. Um, scored runs in Australia, runs in the West Indies. He's, you know, he's, he's scratched around a little early season in the county championship, but I really think he's going to come into his own, own this, and then just pave a way for a historic career. Yeah, I genuinely think that's a really bold shout. You know, I saw a stat the other day that said that he was averaging under 30 in first class yeah. cricket. There have been very, you know, there have been very few examples of uh, players who have basically defied their first-class st- statistical record um, and smashed it on the Test match scene. Yeah, I think I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't look too much into that. You know, the county championship is stacked heavily the start and the end of the season. Zach Crawley's just played what four or five games, almost back to back on, you know, English wickets that don't really bounce in the middle of March. Put him, put him on um, proper tracks in in the middle of the summer, um, and I think he's going to come into his own. 
Yeah, abs- well, okay, I'm, I'm not <laughs> sure. I was about to <laughs> nearly say, got you to agree. Yeah, there, you nearly got me to agree that. I, I mean, I I am very willing to be proved wrong on this because it's high time that England found a young top order batsman. I saw another stat the other day that said something like, "Not since Joe Root or something came into the side has an England batsman averaged over forty in thirty Test matches or something like that." Anyway, Hugh, what what do you make of Zach Crawley? Can you can you split the difference between? Uh, me and Mr. Carter here. Well, I must say, I'm kind of edging towards you, Dr. Pullen. That's if, fine. If, if the pitch is going to seem, I think he's in trouble. If, if we get on, onto a flat deck, like when he scored 267 against Pakistan in 2020. Um, uh, yeah, that well, was a real it, road, The year 2020. The yeah, yeah. yeah, then that's going to be fine. But if it's going to nip, especially early on in his innings, I think he might be in big trouble. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so that's Zach. Um, I mean, I'm sure many a mu- many a neutral and many an England fan will want him to do well because he does play the game in an exciting manner. He's the sort of batsman that won't do a Dom Sibley and basically chew up a hundred balls for twenty. He will take the game to the opposition. I'm just worried whether he'll last long enough to do that for any kind of uh, in any kind of consistent manner. Looking at the rest of the squad, I mean, we heralded McCullum and Stokes' arrival as sort of perhaps. A brave new dawn, a brave new era for England cricket. One that mm, you'd expect with those two, uh, an era perhaps of excitement and bold selections. I'm not convinced their first squad uh, is from that kind of wheelhouse, to be honest. Use Mr. Carter's phrase. Looking down that squad, let me let me give you a few names who they've picked. Uh, Jack Leach, Craig Overton. I mean, no room for no room for a certain leg spinner from Lancashire, Matt Parkinson. Any thoughts on that, Hugh? I mean, I don't really, I don't get that. If you, if you look at the county championship social media, it's absolutely packed of Matt Parkinson ripping balls everywhere. Jack Jack Leach has got one or two Test match fifers. He's been playing for thirty matches. His only two properly notable performances have been with the bat, and yeah, he's he's. I don't think he's the crook- he's the spinner to take England forward. Don't get me wrong. I, I I personally, I'm probably a bit softer than that. I probably think that, you know, Jack Leach could do a very decent job uh, in the subcontinent, you know, as a finger spinner in India and Sri Lanka and whatnot. I'm just not sure on flat English wickets or green English wickets, he's really the one we want. Do we not want perhaps our spinner to have a bit of X factor, be that person who maybe accepts that they're not going to do much bowling in the first innings of a test match? But then come the second innings, when you need to break a partnership, you want to throw the balls to them, right? And I'm, I, I, I as a captain, would rather have Matt Parkinson uh, uh, than Jack Leach to do that role. Unless we're missing something. Are we missing something? Well, I think with this current squad, Matt Parkinson is the man because the, all the bowlers, uh, right arm, fast, medium, little bit of swing, when the likes of um, Archer, Mahmood, Wood and Stone, when they come back from injury, I think maybe you could afford a Jack Leach. Mm-hmm. He improves the batting a bit, but he's also, as a left-arm off-spinner, he's more likely to have more control. He, sh- he should be able to dry up an end, and then you've got maybe your more explosive variations elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that, that, that's a good point, Hugh. Um, what about the New Zealand team? Uh, the Kiwis in general, you know, they're, they're a sort of underrated cricket team, aren't they? Would you agree with that, Mr. Carter? Yeah, absolutely. I I, th- I think they they've always been an underrated team, but have really started to come into their own in the last what maybe three or four years. I'm just trying to. You, you've not got a, got a squad list. Yeah, I there, do. Have I you? can read you a list of names. So Williamson, Young, Latham, Rutherford, Conway, Nichols, Mitchell, 
Bracewell, Blundell, De Grandhomme, uh, Ravindra, Fletcher, who's not a name, I uh, don't think a, a sort of household name, Jameson, Henry, Salvi, Wagner, Patel, Tickner, uh, Duffy, and Bolt. So I think just reading those names, their strengths really are in their seam bowling. I mean, yeah, I, I, I would agree with you. I, th- I mean, I mean, Salvi's been around forever now, but Salvi and Bolt uh, are two that really stick out to me. The other other I'd like to highlight is Conway. He's got a hat full of runs, didn't he, last summer in the UK? And he I got think 200 he's... 200 on debut. Yeah, at, at Lords. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he's he's scoring for fun, I think, in the county championship. Is he at... Is he at has he been playing at Somerset, maybe? Yeah. Uh, um, um, or and, was that last and year? And he's been at the IPL. Yeah, and in sure. the IPL, yeah I, 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 th- I think he's he's going to be a vital wicket. And just to go back to that that England squad really quickly, um, I don't really want to get into the batting because we could talk about that forever. But the bowling really isn't filling me with too much confidence either. I mean, it's great to see Broad and Anderson back in. Um, and, and Broad could be dangerous with that slope at, at Lords. But beyond that, I'm not really sure where our wickets are coming from. So... I look forward to a good challenge. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it's going to be a tough test. You know, New Zealand New Zealand in England is as familiar conditions as possible uh, for them. But they cover more bases than they used to. They've got a, a useful spinner, I think, in Ajaz Patel, who I think got a 10-wicket haul or something in India over the winter. Um, so, so definitely one to rock watch. And, of course, um, their batting is underrated again, but strong. You know, people like Tom Latham and Kane Williamson have been around for quite a long time. Throw in there a couple of all-rounders like De Grandhom and um, and uh, uh, who else am I looking for? Mitchell. And you've got a strong team, uh, obviously, then with that absolute uh, stalwart pace attack of uh, Salvi, Bolt, Jameson, and Wagner. Right, chaps. I think that'll probably do for cricket today. So let's just have a quick score prediction, I guess, for the, that series. So it's a three-test series. I believe Lords, Leeds, and I'm going to say Southampton, but I'm not sure. I think it might, might be Old Trafford. Old Trafford. Let's go with that. Mr. Carter? Uh, I, I, I think we... I think maybe 1-0 England. 1-0 I think England. we're going to have two scratchy draws in England. England are going to come good at some point. Um, and I think they're going to get one up on the New Zealanders this summer. Okay. And and you? I, I'm going 2-1 New Zealand. I. I th- I've not seen the weather, but I don't think the weather's going to affect a draw that much. It's it, you are, I hate to interrupt you, but it is England in the summer. The weather is definitely going to interrupt it. But <laughs> well, you, you might be you, calling you, a, a June heatwave. <laughs> sorry, sorry to interrupt you. Continue. Yeah, okay. So it, weather, it, the weather may be a 1-1, but I think with the, England's lack of variety and wicket-takers in the pace attack, apart from Anderson and Broad, I think New Zealand's batters are going to beat England up. Well, there we go. Uh, sort of uh, quite a negative impression of England's hopes there. I, for my part, think that, you know, I think this new era, it, I think what England will do is probably lose the first test, draw one, and then win one. So I'm going to go one all uh, England, New Zealand. Right, people, that's enough cricket for now. We're going to move into uh, a sport that's coming to the end of its season, but what an end it has been. Uh, it is, of course, uh, one of the fans' favourites on this show uh, Football uh, and the Premier League uh, concluded uh, on Saturday with uh, apologies, all you Liverpool Liverpool fans, but Man City taking it in very dramatic style uh, on uh, basically on the final day 
um, uh, and essentially, uh, well, those of you who are watching will, will will remember it. It basically came down to the wire. It needed basically Villa um, to help for well for Liverpool to win. Uh, Villa to hold out City uh, and Liverpool to get the win, which they did do. Unfortunately for for Liverpool fans, uh, Villa let in a few right at the end and gave City that kind of almost. Aguero moment of 10 years ago. Mr. Boot, what did you make of Saturday's uh, event? Uh-huh. And don't talk to me about Chelsea straight away. But we, can, <laughs> we can get on to that. Um, unbelievable advert for the Premier League yeah. once again. Um, I'm, a bit, I'm a bit gutted Tom P isn't here, actually, because I was um, going to give him a bit of banter about uh, the Liverpool the Liverpool situation. But um, no, great. I mean, I, I was actually in the dining hall on duty with Mr. Carter, and uh, <laughs> we had both games up. And uh, it was it was absolutely mad when Man City went two 0 down. You, you, we always knew Liverpool were going to find the winner, so it was it, it was only about you know Man City and whether they could find those three goals. And just you know, as soon as one went in, you know, and the second one going in, you know, a minute later, you always knew they were going to do it. But uh, fantastic. Yeah, they 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 played like champions. It's probably fair to say, and and it really is a great uh, finale to what has been. Um, a really exciting title race. Uh, we're also joined in the studio by one of our regular uh, pundits now, uh, Ethan A. Ethan, welcome to the studio. How are you feeling? I'm good, thanks. Uh, how, what was your reaction to uh, Saturday's event? To be honest, I, n- I never wanted anyone to win the league. <laughs> of course you didn't. <laughs> oh my of, that is, that is a, for, for a United fan, that is the ultimate rock and a hard place uh, call, isn't it? Who, who, out of interest, who... Do you fit? Would you have felt, or do you feel more comfortable? I'm gonna guess you're gonna say City, but yeah, I feel a lot more comfortable with City winning the league. Um, they're not close to us in terms of um total titles. Liverpool would have equaled us on a record if they won this, I believe. Yeah, uh, perhaps I uh, will. I'll need a statistician to check that one. Perhaps a listener can get in and and verify that one. Yeah, and what did you make of City's City's win? It was. Probably the best final day I've seen since I started watching football. Mm-hmm. Um, three goals in five minutes to turn the game around. It's in, it was incredible. Gundogan came up as in the hero again. And it's just what the City team is made of. They just they just do it when it matters most in the Prem. Maybe not so much in the Champions League, but they're clearly the best team in the Premier League. Yeah, I, 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 well, I mean, <laughs> it's a bold statement given they've just eked a title and, and Liverpool are uh, are off to play in the Champions League final on Saturday. But, you know, I think it's a fair enough statement. Mr. Boot, what do you make of that? Man City clearly the best team in the Premier League. Uh, I think they're the best. They've got the best attacking unit. Yeah. Um, going forward, they're unbelievable. I think as a team, if I was a, a coach, who would I rather coach? I would take Liverpool's squad all day long. I think they're, uh, you know, across the lines, mm. they've got a better unit, um, better leaders as well. I feel like that Liverpool squad, I don't I don't want to sound like that classic sort of anti-City fan, but I feel like it's been slightly more kind of organically created. Yeah. You know, a few, a few more English local players perhaps, and whereas obviously City, the... <laughs> The money has been splashed around for the past decade. Well, I mean, look at it this way. They, they were one goal away, as in City not scoring that third goal, from winning the league. I think they'll win at the weekend. Yeah. And if that was the case, they would go down arguably as one of the best teams ever. Yeah. yeah. And they probably still will. Absolutely. Mr. Carter, you, do you have an opinion on, on this? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, my, my, my football knowledge is, is far inferior to these, these guys. Um, but I got to say that was world-class entertainment on Sunday afternoon. Um, gutted not to see Liverpool, Liverpool win growing up. I was a sort of a bit of a Liverpool fan. So that was, that was bringing back some memories. Um, I tend to focus my attentions more on the the bottom half of the league as a, as a Southampton fan and then a a little dabble down in League One with Charlton Athletic. Um, But it's always nice to watch some real football being played like it was on on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, well, that is probably quite a nice segue into um, talking about the bottom half of the table. Leeds United escaped the drop with a dramatic final win against uh, Brentford. Boys, what do we make of another year of Leeds in the Premier League, Ethan? Not excited to see them again, but um, United have had some good results against them, so I'm happy to see them back. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I would say surely as a United fan, you would relish having an old enemy like that in the league, or, or would you rather just see them go, basically? <laughs> they're quite an annoying team to play against. Since yeah. they're prob- I will, not so much these days, but under Bielsa, they were an incredibly exciting team, mm-hmm. stamina within the squad. It reminded me a bit of Liverpool, but with less cohesion within yeah, the squad. A sort of uh, uh, um, serial packet version of Liverpool, I guess, <laughs> for want of a better phrase. But yeah, they are—they yeah. they were a very exciting team, and, and since going up, they have been a good team to watch. Recently, that's been sort of quite a good team to watch for their for the amount they concede as much as anything else. Mister Boot, what do you make of the drama at the bottom half of the table? Again, another great advert for the league. Um, I think, well, yeah, Leeds United—they're—they're they're a big club. Yeah, uh, a big club with a lot of history. Uh, and I was just thankful Burnley went down because Burnley offer nothing. <laughs> they offer nothing. Oh dear! Their football is terrible. Poor um, old Sean Dyche. Yeah, well, I, I mean, his grave at that comment. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I disagree with their decision to sack him when they did. Yeah, uh, I think he should have been given to the end of the season. But uh, I'm glad that they've gone. Um, and then yeah, the other two who were involved were Leeds and Everton. Everton obviously managed to get safety just before um, the last. Uh, block of fixtures, yeah, but and, two, two and big sides. A somewhat embarrassing pitch invasion, it has to be said. Following, following that winner, uh, was it a sell? No, it might have been at home actually, but it was against Palace, and it was quite, yeah, quite, quite rowdy scenes yeah. after the game. I mean, for a huge club like Everton to see their their fans run onto the pitch to celebrate avoiding the drop was a little bit cringe, whatever. But yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not even a fan of go- of supporters going on the pitch when no. winning a league or, or no. something like that no. but there we go yeah so let's talk about some other little little um little sort of side stories i guess to this final day uh mr culture i'm just looking southampton finished the season with a rather ignominious loss run of uh four losses in a row yeah i mean so, I, I don't know if you've got the almost table. sucked into the ba- sucked into the, the battle for the draw yeah i don't know if you've got the table up there I but do, i think uh it. what was it nine wins we ended up with yeah, and about six or seven, six or seven of them were in a row. Yeah. Um. So we had a real, a real twilight period in the middle of the season. Then all of a sudden, I looked at the table, and yeah, glad we got those wins because it all could have got a bit touch and go. Um. I tell you what, as a Brighton fan, that that five, those final five games just to secure our record uh, Premier League tally were by an absolute mile of fifty-one points, looking very pretty at the end of the season having had at one point a pretty horrendous run of loss. Yeah, I, th- I actually think two very similar teams, Southampton and Brighton, yeah. um, and could, could each team could have gone either way. I think um, we play better football than you, if I'm being entirely Well, yeah, you, you, you could oh, be right thank there. You, um, thank you. 
what was it was it was it a last minute equalizer or a last minute winner early on in the season brighton against southampton yeah, i don't I remember I, I don't remember it that well um without well let's not be too self-indulgent another important narrative i guess for many teams uh, for many supporters would be the sort of north london battle uh, for the final champions league uh, qualifying spot and it's fair to say i think spurs did that with a bit of panache at the end of the season uh, mr boot a nice run of results to conclude the season yeah they did i mean they've got a they have a fantastic manager yeah. uh, a manager who let's be honest doesn't stay too long at one club yeah but if you give him what he wants, he'll normally bring you success. Um, and I, I read just the other day that they're willing to uh, invest a lot of money in their team. So for Spurs fans, it's an exciting time. Arsenal, on the other hand, I mean, how many years, Ethan, is it? Are they now out of the Champions League? Or is it moving sure any wolf? <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 the number keeps rising. But, yeah, you know, uh, it's, you know the, the North London derby is a huge game. And that, that one towards the end of the season the other week was massive. Mm. Um, you know, Arsenal were a bit unlucky with a red card and a penalty, but Tottenham deserved the win. Um, that gave Tottenham the, the confidence, even though it was still in Arsenal's hands. And, you know, Tottenham got over the line. I'm deservedly so. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, some, some slightly depressing stories for other teams. As Boot said, Arsenal... Um, a pretty well no actually by the end not a bad season United Ethan not many positives to take away to be honest the fact Ronaldo is Ronaldo staying next year it looks like he's staying it looks like he's staying I'd say that's a good thing for us I'd say one of the more shameful things was our um, goal difference of zero that's yeah, I mean that's, like that's almost, incredibly poor I mean Brighton Hove Albion minus two United zero I mean that's you, you Aston Villa in 14th minus two I mean, for a United team that you'd expect to go and absolutely hammer the teams in the bottom half of the, the league at home on a very regular basis, I just, agree with you. just hasn't happened. I'm incredibly disappointed in the defence. Um, De Gea has been amazing this season as well. He said he was proud of his season, and I think he, sh- he rightly should be. Yeah. The defence has been incredibly poor all season. Um, I think when you look at the midfield, we don't have a single quality defensive midfielder. Mm. Even Bruno, our best attacking assets last season, hasn't shown up this season either. Yeah. Rashford, not there. Change, change. So, so you know, I mean, you're, they're going to have to get their checkbook out, basically, is what you're saying, and make some big signings. Yeah, I think under Ten Hag, a few players might find their form again. I don't think Rashford is finished yet. Mm-hmm. I just think he's had a poor season. Mm-hmm. Um, Sancho is yet to fully find his feet. He started showing glimpses of what he could be mm-hmm. somewhere around the middle of the season. Not so much at the end, but decent campaign. Um, I think we could learn from teams like West Ham because they've done amazing with their transfers. Yeah. Recently, the whole squad is looking better than ours, to be honest. Um, I think we have a bit more individual quality than they do. I mean, that's crazy, though, the fact you're talking about Man United learning from West Ham. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's how it is. That, is. As well. And, boys, so just moving on then. So, so in, in, an absolutely thrilling final day of the Premier League. Uh, big credit to City for, for sealing the deal right at the end. Obviously, a huge game on Saturday. We don't have time to preview it now because we, we are uh, keen to cover some other sports, but our F1 pundits have just walked into the room. Uh, let's just have some predictions about who's going to win a gigantic game on Saturday uh, Real Madrid well two you know probably the two 
form teams in Europe at the moment. Real Madrid versus Liverpool. Who's going to win? Mr. Carter. Liverpool. Okay, Mr. Boot. Uh, yeah, Liverpool 2-1 in the 90. Fantastic. And Ethan? Um, Real Madrid 3-1. Okay, there we go. So, so, so a bit of a mixed bag. I'm going to say that Liverpool uh, having... Well, I guess they sort of rested Salah for most of Saturday. I'm going to say that they're going to come good on Saturday and get that third uh, trophy this season, which, I mean, people might complain about not winning the Premier League, but they've had an unbelievable season. Right, chaps, we're going to talk um, some F1 now uh, with uh, Ben and Alfie, our two, our two uh, regular uh, F1 pundits. I'm trying to get the F1 theme to work, but I'm pretty inept at technology. Uh, let's just... Uh, 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 ben, that, that, they're not going to work. What, 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 talk to me. What's been going on in the world of F1 uh, uh, over the last, uh, over the last um, month or so? So, so uh, this weekend we were in Spain. Uh, it was an incredible race. A lot of people in the gravel in the first six laps. I think about three of the drivers, top drivers. I think uh, Leclerc went into gravel. Max went into the gravel. I can't remember who the third was. Perez went into the gravel, yeah. So it was quite exciting. Um, it was a very strange start, I'd say, for everyone. Very different from qualifying. Yeah, very different from qualifying. Mm. But, um, yeah, it was, it was a good race. And it's led to the... Uh, so the race finished with Max Verstappen, who's a Red Bull driver, on pole position. And yep. then it was Perez uh, in second, who's another uh, Red Bull driver. And then in a Mercedes car, we had George, George Russell. This is first year in a Mercedes car. It is first pole, I think. Or for, I or believe so, yeah, for F1. Not first time on the well, podium yeah. Yeah, not pole. for Mercedes of this season because they had a very rocky start yeah. with their horrific car i would say what do you think yeah i mean yeah. I, thank you for welcoming me back into the studio it's great to be here again um, <laughs> mr mills is yeah, back mr. in the mills. studio <laughs> yeah, welcome I'm back i'm yeah. still on duty um, so <laughs> i'm just checking all's okay in here um yeah no i i'm i'm a big fan of formula one and mm. um i i have been uh, and i've obviously uh supported or not obviously but i support hamilton and um, I have to say, there's been a bit of a, a turning point in Mercedes. They've worked yep. out how to, to resolve this issue of their car bouncing on the straights, haven't they? Mm -hmm. Porpoising. Uh, porpoising. Yeah. Um, and uh, what's really exciting is we have two British drivers, uh, Dr. Pullen, in, in, in what has arguably been the finest Formula One team of the last decade. Um, and uh, so Lewis Hamilton, alongside this young gun of George Russell. Yeah. Um, and they're now in... Uh, a car that is really going going places, going forwards, and and yeah, they've had a lot of problem in the in the first three four races, haven't they? they have. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Spain was a bit of a, an eye opener to see their race pace. Mm. Hamilton was the fastest man on the track throughout the whole race, despite starting. Where did he start? Verstappen. Uh, uh, Hamilton. He, uh, Hamilton. Hamilton started P six. P six. Yeah, okay. yeah. But he, he then he had an issue. He had a puncture, didn't he? Have a didn't he have a clash with someone and then ended up at the back of the group? Oh right, at the start didn't he hit, of the race. Yes. He hit a, a, a has, oh, yeah, I believe um, it was um, Magnussen. Magnussen. Magnussen oh, yeah. yeah, that was it. Yeah. So he he ended up. So he had yeah. to race his way through the field, and it yeah. showed that his car has a whole lot more potential than we've seen thus far mm. this season. Yeah. So. It's great, it's great stuff for, for Formula One fans. It's great stuff for uh, people who like to see that underdog yeah. fighting back. Yeah, I mean, um, I personally can't bear the sight of Verstappen thrashing people. No, it's great to I see love Ferrari. It. I love it. You like you like I Verstappen. Well, this, is, this is a terrible yeah. race for Ferrari I, fans. Yeah, um, yeah, Ferrari. They did not do. Well, Leclerc started P1, signs P3. Leclerc lost power on yeah. lap 27. George Russell spins out. Sorry, not George Russell. Carlos Sainz spun out. 
Yeah. Um, uh, so, and, uh, but this race was also very important for uh, Red Bull because now they are their driver, one of their drivers, is leading the championship, and their team is now leading the championship after having to catch up. Oh god, it was something like forty, maybe more points. Yeah. Because they because Red, uh, not Red Bull, Ferrari got an incredible start. So what you're season. saying is that we're up for a really good season ahead. Yes, and despite exactly. Mercedes' poor start, where they just looked like they were nowhere. Yeah. Um, it looks like they may well be able to come back because there's reliability yeah. issues both with the Ferrari and with the Red Bull. So yeah, I mean, it's going to be a three-way fight, and it's a very long season. Yeah. What do we race four out of? 22 yeah, is that right we've got yeah, monaco next monaco is, yep, is a bit wait. it is someone likened monaco once to getting a piece of thread and some colored beads and just sort of yeah moving yeah i mean there's not not much overtaking excellent there. race scene there yeah you, I don't, you guys either. are too young for this but if you've ever got an afternoon free you should google um uh i believe it was a 1992 uh grand prix in mm-hmm. monaco Ayrton senna uh, yeah, leading yeah. the way, Nigel yeah. Mansell with a much faster car, much mm. faster car. Yeah. He literally was in his exhaust yeah. throughout the whole like last <laughs> yeah. 10 laps. That's and crazy. it was so thrilling because you could see his car was quicker, but he just simply couldn't get by. And the, the excellent uh, late great Ayrton Senna just wouldn't let him through. No. It was a fantastic that race is, to That watch. is the issue of Monaco, mm. is the overtaking is very hard. Do you think there's enough provision? Obviously, um, well, not obviously, but I'm I, I'm looking at this with uh, sort of like a my ECA's eyes wide <laughs> open, and thinking that we used to take uh, an ECA well of, of students off to go go karting on a weekly basis. Oh, I love to do now, that. Now that's because we had the uh, the track quite nearby, sort of halfway that to indoor, so it's just yeah. the indoor track, yeah, which yeah. is just outside Salisbury. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that Mr. Dixon was was a real you know really keen to to take people over there. Minibus yeah. went over there every time. Um, do you think that's something that would go down well yeah. with the students at Brighton? I go karting, God, pretty much every time I'm with my dad. Yeah. I just love it. I, I don't know. I love the thrill. Obviously, there's a bit of a tariff that goes with that kind of an activity, and you'd have to pay and it yeah, would yeah, land yeah. on your yeah. school bill. But do you think it would go down yes, well? Yes, I think so. I would love go karting. I don't think the schools want to like stray away from a lot of paid activities. Like, got no. people doing shooting and stuff yeah, like that, yeah. like all like the kickboxing and everything that you've got to pay yeah. for. Those, yeah. are all, well, those are all quite popular. Yeah. So. yeah. No, there's some, there's some and there's good a lot of F1 there. fans in the school. Well. Yeah, there are. Well, you know, maybe if we're not excelling on, on the cricket field or on the hockey <laughs> field, maybe <laughs> we could become a centre of excellence for, for, for motor racing. Well, we've got that green power. Would, yeah. Maybe we could just, you know, <laughs> just rip up one of the Astros and stick a track on it and see Perfect. how that goes. Yeah, buy love, some go-karts. I'd love to see the school say yes to that. Yeah, I don't oh, think it's going to happen, imagine. to be honest. Yeah, I but, don't know. But, um, <laughs> I mean, one thing that has come to light by by just listening into the to the, the sports talk show is is the range of sports that goes on here. And I love it when they They've, when the presenters in here have got their, their laptops open and they're staring at socks and they're considering yeah. the results that have come through in the week and they're, they're, yeah. giving, us co- they're giving us shout-outs towards all the sports. I mean, uh, thinking about sport, Bryanson, uh, we, we talk a lot about it, but it's yeah. so broad-ranging and there's so many yeah. schools out there that just well, do the stock delivery of mm, hockey, football, uh, cricket, rugby. Um, but we are, you know, we're exploring rowing in a big way. Yeah. We, we've got, we've got fives going on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we've got squash in a big way here. We've got mm-hmm. tennis going on yeah. all over the place. There's, well, there's, I, I can't, am I missing some sports? Obviously, there's netball and there's rowing. I mean, can, rowing? can we li- let's let's play list all the sports that go on at Brighton? There's dance is a sport. As yeah. I nervously look at my watch, Mr. Mills, uh, let me come up with a few 
climbing, bouldering. Climbing, bouldering. Yeah. They are sports. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Part, does that come I know that Mr. Flitters is is yeah. actually developing the shooting, the shooting team at Bryanston. Yeah. So ECAs are becoming sports, and, well. and and athletics, of course, is there. Yeah. Now there's lots and lots that we offer here. Yeah, so maybe maybe getting um, motor racing onto awesome. the the sock schedule is something that's the next activity. Should, can we just say our predictions for F1? Yeah, Go for it. It, yeah. Boys. This might be a, a wrap up. Yeah, yeah. Let's hear it. Okay. Save the so my predictions well. at the moment is. I think Red Bull, how they've caught up. I think they're still. I think they. I believe they're going to win the championship overall, and I th- think Max will come. Will win the drivers' championship. Okay. But there might be a small chance that Ferrari will win the um, team championship. Alfie, what do you think? Um, I pretty much agree with that. Although Mercedes are continuing to develop their car, so I mean we've seen them bounce back slowly by slowly throughout, um, which has been pretty interesting um so you know if they continue doing that then they could be another contender um every team sadly has been like midfield though like mclaren's not done as well Haas starts off very well they're kind of going back down to midfield again sadly and with those wise words from alfie and ben i'm going to wrap up the show as we listen to the the lovely sounds of bbc grandstand in the back show background i hope you've enjoyed tonight a lovely little f1 section uh a kind of impromptu f1 section with mr mills returning to the studio to round us off uh, and lots of reflection on the wide array of uh, sports one can do at Bryanston. Um, we're next going to be on air after half term, uh, where the cricket season will be further developed. More tennis, I'd imagine. Maybe some, maybe some of those more obscure sports we mentioned at the end. At the end, it'd be great to get a clay pigeon shooter on. So, if there are any of you out there listening, yeah, exactly. Put your bids in. Um, but that's about it for me. I've been your presenter, Dr. Pullen. It's been an absolute blast as ever. I've loved it. Um, and I'll see you, uh, well, I'll, I'll hopefully hear from you after half term. Good night for now and good luck with all your exams. the best school radio station in the world. This is Bry Radio. Proudly sponsored by the BPA.